Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. And we have our guest today, <laughs> Hal Goldstein. He's the founder of iPhone Life. Welcome, Hal. Well, great to be here. So we have a special, a special episode for you today. Apple just held its fall iPhone keynote event today and announced a slew of new products, including iPhones, iPads, new Apple Watches, and gave us dates for the services, including Apple TV Plus and Apple Arcade. So we're going to break down everything Apple announced today for you, and we're also going to help you decide whether these devices would be right for you, if they're something that you should should buy um, this fall. Before we do that, though, we want to give you a message from our sponsor. So one of my favorite Apple products, although we won't be talking about it much today, is the AirPods. You guys both have AirPods, right? I love my AirPods. Mm -hmm. I love my AirPods. I love working out with them, but sometimes they fall out of my ears. And so the sponsor today is GoBuddy, and they have a really awesome product called EarBuddy. And what it does is it hooks onto the AirPod. And actually, they have a model for the wired EarPods as well. And it ra- it's a little silicon thing that wraps around your ear and prevents the EarPods and the AirPods from falling out of your ears. It's great mm-hmm. for working out. It's great for if you're using an- your AirPods or EarPods on the go. Really affordable. Uh, and so make sure you check it out. It- you can look for it in Amazon if you search EarBuddy, or we'll link to it in the show notes if you go to iphonelife.com podcast. We also found out today when iOS 13 will be available. For those of you who don't know, iOS 13 is the operating system for your iPhone. And every year, Apple updates the operating system and brings with it new features and improvements overall to the way your iPhone works. So in that spirit, every year we also update all of our guides for you and we create content specifically to help you learn how to make the most out of your phone with all these new features. when you update, it's going to be available September 19th. Wasn't that right? I believe. Yes, <laughs> yes. September 19th. So that's uh, next Thursday, September 19th. Apple will roll out the software to your iPhone. And if you don't have any help, you might be confused by some of these new features. So we wanted to take a moment to tell you about iPhone Life Insider. That's our premium educational service for iPhone users. And it's a great time to sign up now because we're coming out with an iOS 13 guide on the 19th that will teach you how to use all the new features. And we're really excited because for the first time ever, we're going to also have an iOS 13 class. So if you want a more hands-on approach, then the class is perfect for you. And Don and I will be leading it. So if you like the podcast, then come hang out with us. What makes the class awesome is, first of all, it's a much more in-depth, comprehensive program. We have six sessions, an hour each. It's also live, so there's opportunity for a question and answer. We send you a downloadable PDF for each class. And we have a really special deal going on right now. If you subscribe to the class, you can get a subscription to Insider for free. So for you, a year. For yeah. a year. It, thank you. So <laughs> you get both for one price. Uh, and for that, you go to, give me the link. It's iphonelife.com slash iOS 13 class. Yes. And so we're really excited about that. If you are already an insider, don't worry. You can subscribe to the class and get the same deal. You get your next renewal of insider will be free for you. 
And these are both, you get that discount at checkout. So you just go to iphonelife.com slash iOS 13 class, go through the checkout process and either select to get a, a year of insider for free or to get that redeemed tor- toward your account if you're already an insider. So it's really easy to and use. And the replays are available, I assume, if, if they yes, use a class. Yes, good question, because that's one of the common questions. Yeah. The classes are live, but the <clears throat> replays are available to you anytime. So if you go through the class and you want to rewatch them, you can. If you can't make it a class, you can. And you can also email us and ask us questions at any time. Mm-hmm. So if you get tripped up, you can always email us anytime. And we're going to have our first class on the 19th, the day iOS 13 comes out. So we'll walk you through the upgrade process on that day, which will be super fun. Yes, and so if you are just interested in becoming an insider, I didn't give you the link for that yet, that's iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and you'll get $5 off an annual subscription to Insider. Insider, just to explain the differences between the class and Insider quickly to you, Insider, you get a guide, but it's not with a live instructor. You don't have classes that are, you know, helping kind of guide you through the process. It's more self-directed. But with Insider, you get a ton of other features that are really great to have. Of course, we think having the class and Insider is the best deal. So (laughs) iPhoneLife.com slash iOS 13 class to get both the class and Insider. But just to tell you a little more about Insider, you get a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine. You get uh, one-minute video tips in your inbox every day, and we'll be sending you iOS 13 tips every day (laughs) now with iOS 13 out. You get Ask an Editor, where you can send your tech questions to our editors here, and we'll help you find solutions. And you get a premium version of this podcast. So that means no ads, and we have a special premium section just for you. Uh, so go to iphonelife.com slash iOS 13 class for both the class and insider or iphonelife.com slash podcast discount to just get $5 off an annual subscription to insider. All right. I'm excited. <laughs> let's talk about all of the new products and services. Yes, let's. So I thought it would be fun first to just give our general takeaways from the event today. Uh, it's really interesting to kind of see the bigger themes of what is going on with Apple at these keynote events. And a lot of people, a lot of you listening to this podcast, I'm sure, didn't listen to the whole keynote. Mm-hmm. So Hal, who, Hal's <laughs> been in this industry the longest. Let's hear your <laughs> takeaways. Well, I'm going to start off a little negative. Okay. <laughs> but then I'll go get a little positive. Okay. I, I, I'm, I, the whole thing started off with services, games, movies, and I thought, th- this, I, I started this company to, to, to learn about hardware and, yeah. and, and all the geeky, neat stuff you could do. Right. And, and they show like a Lord of the Rings type preview of some movie that Apple's going to be um, distributing through its movie service. Uh, I guess what they call that, what, uh, Apple, Apple TV, TV Plus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a TV show. Just, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, they, of course, they have music, and then they got into watch fashions. Uh-huh. And then we, they didn't talk about it, but the credit card. So is Apple a finance company? And so the, the Apple is doing, ta- is doing all these things. And I must say, and, uh, as uh, also revealing, I'm an Apple st- stockholder, so I'm happy they're doing that as an <laughs> Apple stockholder. As an Apple fan, I'm, I wasn't so thrilled. Um, especially because they started the whole thing with that. Now, they did have the, I was sort of intrigued um, about the games. They have a, uh, we'll talk about in a minute, but they have a, a $5 a month uh, Apple Arcade program where you'll be able to have all sorts of neat new games that you can test out. Mm-hmm. But even that, so that, that I wasn't very happy about. 
Um, one of the things they kept emphasizing um, was uh, how environmental friendly they were and how much they, they, that was part of their process in building these machines. And that, that didn't, I, I'm glad they kept saying that. I thought that was really important. Mm -hmm. um, and then the actual uh, announcements. I, I was intrigued by the cameras on the iPhone, which we'll be talking about, uh, about the uh, entry-level iPad, which is, I think, great to get people into the Apple ecosystem. And so, uh, so those are sort of my pros and cons of the big picture. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And one of the things we were talking about getting ready for this podcast is how you didn't watch the services announcement in the no. spring, correct? No. And so for Donna and I, we've been kind of, we've been adjusting to the new Apple since the spring when Apple had an announcement discussing just their services, mm -hmm. which is the, the weirdest announcement that it was. we've ever seen. Had no hardware at all. Um, Definitely less left us all being like, wait, who, like, what is Apple anymore? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but if you're someone who doesn't necessarily follow Apple in the news year round and you tune in for these new iPhone releases, you're in for a little bit of a rude awakening because mm. Apple is not the same Apple of old. They're not a hardware company anymore. They do everything. And it is a little bit weird sitting through these announcements, especially for those of us, all three of mm. us who've been watching them for years. And it used to be two hours about an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, now it's yeah. like, 10 minutes about an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, you just wonder Steve Jobs, you know, yeah. <laughs> going through all this. One thing <laughs> like I thought was interesting, at the very end, Tim Cook said, what Apple is about, we are about empowering people and enriching people's lives. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of their big picture view, which sort of says nothing and everything. Which is, <laughs> which sort of is exactly the point. Yeah, right. Yeah, I do feel like Johnny Ive leaving the company too yeah. was like another step away from yeah. Apple's presentations having that like Apple-like quality to it, which a lot of times, you know, it Apple events can be sort of pretentious and you can make fun of them in certain ways. Like Johnny Ive's, you know, making it's aluminum new designs seem like the most innovative thing in the world or whatever was mm -hmm. sort of cheesy, but I do feel like it gave a certain quality to the announcements that it's like, it's just every announcement feels like a little less like that. Well, and I, what I'm used to seeing from Apple. Uh, yeah. I was thinking that too. I mean, first of all, I hate to say it, but I kind of miss Johnny Ives' pretentiousness in the I announcements know, I know. and his like yeah. enthusiasm for the fact that pretending like they reinvented things, but, <laughs> <laughs> but also more to the point when you think about it, not only did yeah, Apple eventually got to their hardware announcements, they have, we have a new iPhone, we have a new iPad, we have a new Apple watch. They all look exactly the same. You know, they yeah. did not change the form I mean, factor for any bit. device except for Apple, but that was purely a functional change. I mean, I, I think it is a little bit different, but they don't care about hardware design anymore. Like, it, it's pretty clear that they care, they want to make elegant devices. But I don't think they care about continually refining their devices on the hardware front as much as they do kind of refining their services. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, Johnny Ive may have had may have been involved with designing the new iPhones. Yeah. It's po but it's possible. But I agree with you that it just kind of felt like refinements of the same exact thing. Yeah, it did not. It used to be that when Apple came out with a new iPhone, each year it looked 
pretty different. Yeah. And that was one of the exciting things was to see the unveiling of what it looked like. And of course, Steve Jobs always had the dramatic unveilings, you know, the classic MacBook Air pulled out of the manila envelope. But of course, in, in defense of one thing of, of the whole iPhone and where it is now in the cycle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is iPhone 11 skipping one one version or whatever. But. Yeah, we, we have a critique of that scheduled later. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. but, but, um, so, so as a product matures, it's a different, it's not like, they've already sort of refined it to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure how much they can do with new hardware unless there's a real reason. Yeah, and I think that's a fair point. Like we long ago accepted that the MacBook Pros are going to look pretty yeah. similar. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we are just reach. some of it is a maturation of the iPhone as a product. But it's, you know, it's just... There was no new hardware, as far as I'm concerned, at least anything that was really notable. One thing that struck me is also, I feel like with the iPhone 10, the 10th anniversary of the iPhone, Apple did really push for a ton That's of new true. features. Yeah. And like that year, like we hot, saw Face ID and a whole new form factor mm -hmm. and the edge-to-edge -edge display and the OLED display and everything. And that they just haven't had like that much new to add since then. Because last year's was basically the same phone. Like I saw no reason to update yeah upgrade from the 10 to the 10s it was the first year i did not upgrade honestly. and this year i will just because i mean i like the matte back of the new phone and i want the new camera but like those are really the only new things and yeah. that's not that much well i'll tell you one other new thing since yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. we're yeah. getting way ahead yeah is that it sounds like you can drop the iphone now and, and it won't crack the <laughs> How screen so excited about this? i am so skeptical of <laughs> yeah, that I'm though scared. by the way well, that's yeah. what they said about the 10s and yeah, Max, yeah yeah too. i watched some of those films uh, and and i managed to crack mine about yeah. the third weekend i yeah. am not willing to trust the iphone to not yeah. break it on itself but it sounded like they were making that uh, a big claim so we'll okay see. okay yeah. so that gives you a bit of an idea of our general <laughs> takeaway from the event we did uh in a lot of our rumor posts we were not expecting the apple watch and especially the ipad to be available mm -hmm. right away at this event we thought it might be a later fall event so apple did release a lot this that in this event so mm -hmm. that's something that'll be you know exciting to some people <laughs> all right let's dive into let's the details about, okay here. so let's talk about the services first so Apple is releasing Apple TV Plus and Apple Arcade, as <laughs> Hal was talking a little bit about. Let's talk about Apple TV Plus first. Yeah. Uh, we did see some previews of shows. I agreed with Hal that when I was watching that, I wasn't particularly excited because <laughs> it's just like... But some of that is like, I usually watch new shows because I hear from friends like, oh, the show actually is really good. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's way too early to really judge... Apple TV Plus, I think, and you can't always tell that much from previews. I will say, <laughs> I speaking of pretentious announcements, I had to roll my eyes when Tim Cook said, I can't remember the name of the show. It's with C, Jason Momoa. Yeah. He said, the most innovative and creative show in history, is <laughs> what he said. And I was like, okay, Tim, and I swear I that's saw a bold claim. Creatures yeah. other films. Well, I was going to say, it looked like a really formulaic, like, post-apocalyptic yes. show. Like, yes. yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyways. so here we go. $5 a month. Yes. Which by the way, they have no backlog. They don't I don't think yeah. they they're coming they don't have a library, right? No. So mm -hmm. it's only original shows. So I don't know if even 5 bucks a month is that great of a deal. Well, what they did, they got me. Cuz I've been sitting here the whole time being like there is no way I'm going to pay $5 a month for like four shows. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's like, who knows if they're any good? And yeah. even if they are, Netflix has thousands and thousands of shows. Yeah. And movies, yeah. But if you buy an Apple device, 
this year, they'll give you a year for free. Yeah, and so that's how they got you. Really, any I wonder. I was wondering about that. Like, what if I buy like an Apple Watch band? Yeah, I mean that's not a device. Yeah, they were ambiguous. Yeah, Yeah. they weren't real clear. In the picture, they had like a presentation up at the time, and there was uh, definitely an iPad, an Apple Watch, an iPhone on there. I don't know if it like what else it applies to, but they Mm -hmm. said new Apple device. So. So, I mean, I think that makes sense as Apple builds out their offering because they said they're going to come out with – it comes out November 1st, but they're going to come out with new shows every month. So as they build it out, I think you know, giving away for free is kind of a value add to their loyal customers. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And you know, if I hear the shows are good, I'll watch them if they're free. And then if they're really good, I'll, I'll pay for it next year to watch season twos. So, yeah. I mean, that, they got me in the end by giving it to me for free. But I, I'm so reluctant because of what we're saying. Like, I'm such a purist for, like, Apple being a hardware company. I know. And also, like, Apple Music. Um, what other Apple services? I've been sort of underwhelmed with the way they've gone about services yeah. so far. I haven't found them to be better than their competitors, necessarily. Like, I've stuck with Spotify after trying Apple Music. Um, well, Apple, too, one of the things they... skeptical. Yeah, totally. One of the things they do is they... they copy other services and they say you should use us because we've integrated it into our ecosystem so like for example apple music i i I use spotify but the thing i miss about spotify is with apple music you can use it on your apple watch Mm -hmm. easily you can use siri with it and so there are just inherent integration advantages that apple has whereas for apple news or apple uh tv plus there's no real integration benefits. Like, yeah, I, there's it's nothing super I care easy about. Yeah, to watch Netflix on yeah, your Apple TV. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, they didn't say, or maybe you've read, it, we'll be able to watch Apple TV on, on, like, I've got a Fire TV on Amazon. I know they're bringing it to mm-hmm. smart TVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're bringing it to Samsung. They're bringing it to LG. I have not heard Fire. And Amazon and Apple are particularly uncooperative, so I, I would be surprised if you could. Yeah. Like, but there's an Amazon app. The Prime TV app is now on that. Yeah, TV, that's true. So. But that took years. And like yeah. I think it was only this year that Apple TVs could be purchased on Amazon, which is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So that's a good question. We'll have to yeah. wait and see on that, I guess. I've got um, survey results. So oh, we yeah. did, as a kind of a brief aside, we do commentary on our Facebook group. So if you all are listening to this now and you want to check out our Facebook group, you can go to iPhoneLife.com slash Facebook group, and it'll take you to the page to subscribe or join the Facebook group conversation. You can read all of our commentary. One of the fun things we did this year was we did polls throughout the announcement. So we'll give you the Facebook group's reactions as we go along. For Apple TV, I asked, are you interested in Apple TV Plus? And this was, uh, I didn't specify the fact it's free, et cetera, et cetera. But 37% said not interested, 33% said not sure, and 30% said interested. Yeah, so pretty split. Yeah, pretty split, but a pretty large percentage are are not interested, especially yeah. given that it's free. <laughs> yeah, um, I was going to say, I am excited to check it out because I'm planning on getting a new iPhone. If it weren't for the new iPhone, I probably wouldn't buy it i would probably wouldn't do it yeah it, we'll see i mean again like like you're saying i'm gonna wait and see what people think of the shows if they yeah. like the shows i'll watch them <laughs> yeah that's always how i watch shows what about you guys like do you wait to hear someone tell you that who you trust that it's like a good show or do you go and try out a show you know nothing about usually i'll wait 
but sometimes I'll just like dive into some random show. Yeah, really? I, don't, I don't watch that much actually. Is it, so I, I either wait or uh, look for five star stuff. You know, yeah, like yeah, Rotten that's Tomatoes fair. or something. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Apple Arcade quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so Apple Arcade is also five dollars a month, and as Hal mentioned earlier, it is bundled together about like a hundred shows. It's a it's its own tab in the App Store app, from what I understand. Hundred games. Like, hundred game apps. Oh, under game what? There are hundred apps, game apps. Yes, what did I say? you said shows. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, so it's been a long games. day for us. <laughs> and it'll be in the App Store app. There'll be an Apple Arcade tab. Yes. In the App Store app. And so it's $5 a month. And really, I think that a lot of parents around here have been excited because they're saying, like, a lot of shows basically just encourage you to make in-app purchases in order to move ahead. And really, like, if you have just something you're paying for monthly and then the shows you're not games. being... Games. Not games. You're not being... I'm not a gamer. You're not being prompted to... <laughs> sorry. To um, pay anything after that. Really, it's more focused on accomplishing things in your skill level as opposed to just trying to get money out yeah, of Yeah, well, and that's something I, the two people I share an office with, Noah and Raph, both have sons, and they've been really critiquing this exact point. Because when, when they first announced the Apple Arcade, I was a little meh about it because of this exact thing that there's so many free games available right now mm-hmm. on the App Store. And so I thought, well, why would I pay when I get so many for free? But their point was that all of the free games are designed, they, they're monetizing you in one of two ways. Either they're really obtrusive ads or they're designed to get you to buy via in-app purchase. And for adults, that's obnoxious. But for kids, it can be a little bit dangerous because what they're doing essentially is they're designing games that structure it so you lose unless you pay money. And it can create a really frustrating response with kids who are trying to use games to learn competitive skills, and they're always losing and always getting mad. And I mean, it's frustrating for parents and kids. And so having games that are not structured to and designed to help for you to lose and have to pay money is a really nice refreshing idea it'll be interesting to see if they have a whole the whole variety of games logic games and mm-hmm. tower defense games yeah and all the different kinds of games i know that games. are putting, you a gamer how not so much but every once in a while i get hooked by a few games you know there's about three or four that i that always at any point I might play. Yeah, right? yeah. And they're putting a lot of attention on that exact yeah. thing, having pretty unique, creative games. So I am excited about that. Um, and, you know, the ads too, it's like I just hand my phone to my stepson and I hope for the best. And it's like, I don't know what ads he's being shown. And like, I, he's constantly getting frustrated by these games that he's losing all the time. And so I'm, I came around. I think I'm going to give it a shot. Okay, cool. How about you Let's- guys? Any interest? I will not be, but I am not a gamer. Yeah. As you can tell, I've just been calling game shows. Over again. <laughs> I might use your approach to see what some people say, and if they say enough people say they're good games in there, I may go for it. Okay, let me give you guys the survey results. Only 10% were interested. Really? And I was I'm in that surprised. group. It was a small group of people Ooh. interested. 55% were uninterested. 35% were, def- were unsure. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it seems like it might have a niche. But again, this is what Apple's doing. They're just having a bunch of services. Each one will have their own niche audience. Let's hear from our other sponsor, David. Okay. Tell us about Matthias. Yeah. So interestingly, because we're talking about Apple hardware and the downfall of Apple hardware, Apple has discontinued their wired keyboard. 
I don't know if you guys know this, but they have, and it's a product that a lot of people love, including myself. Um, I have a wireless keyboard in the office, but I have a wired keyboard at home, and it's really nice to not have to worry about battery life issues. Yeah. And it's also really nice, what I have at home is I have the wired keyboard connected to a monitor, which then I can connect to my laptop, and so you don't have to deal with a Bluetooth connection with different uh, computers, you can just plug it in and it syncs with either computer because it's wired. So at Matthias has a really excellent wired keyboard. They're a really great company. They have, it's the same basic keyboard that Apple made, except for it's cheaper than even Apple used to make it. It's it's aluminum. It, they have the metals that match the finish of your computer. So they have the um, space gray. They have the silver. They also, if you are someone who wants a, a Bluetooth keyboard, they have a Bluetooth keyboard selection as well. So make sure you check them out. Uh, they have 10 keyless and with the 10 keys. Uh, and I use them in my office at home. I love them. So make sure you check them out, M-A-T-I-A-S dot C-A. They're in Canada. Uh, but we'll link to it as well if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast. Okay, so next let's talk about the iPad. Apple released a new iPad. It's from the main line of the iPad, so it's the seventh generation one. Mm -hmm. um, it's, let's see. It is 10.2 inches. The previous one is 9.7 inches, so it's just a little bit bigger. It's like weirdly close to the size of an iPad Pro. There's a 10.5 inch iPad Pro. No, okay, so there's a 10. There's an 11 inch iPad Pro, a 10.5 inch iPad Air, oh. and a 10. Point, now the new <laughs> one's a 10.1 inch Two. iPad. They call 10.2 inch. 10.2 yeah. inch iPad. It's iPads are super confusing right now. So yeah. we have, just to recap, <laughs> what we used to have is we used to have a 9.7 inch, what they just called the iPad, and, and that was 329. And then we had the iPad Air, which was, again, 10.5 inches. And then we have the 11 inch iPad Pro. They <laughs> upgraded the, the like, iPad. There's no, no descriptor other than the word iPad. Yeah. So we went from the sixth generation to the seventh generation. The main difference in that is they went from the 9.7 inches to the 10.2 inches. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more screen, a little bit thinner bezel. They upgraded the chip, but they upgraded the chip to the 10. Uh, so that it's the A10, whereas the iPad Air is the A12 and the iPad Pro is the A12X. So it's basically they kept the price. This is the base. Here's all, all the prices help clarify this. And I'm trying to find my notes so I can make sure I got all of this right for you guys. The they upgraded the price. Um, so the price is um, the price is three twenty nine for mm -hmm. the i for the iPad seventh generation. They kept that price the same. It's four fifty for the uh, iPad Air, and it's seven ninety nine for the iPad Pro. And the three twenty nine price—it's the same price that the sixth generation iPad was when it came out as well. Yes. And they have an education pricing available for this new iPad that's two ninety nine. So if you're a student or a teacher, you're eligible for the two ninety nine price. Um, I have the sixth generation iPad. I ordered it because it's like so much cheaper than the iPad Pro and I wanted to have an iPad. 
I do have to say that the display is not very impressive once you're used to the really nice display on the iPad Pro or if you have the iPhone 10 or later, you're going to notice a difference. Mm. Um, but they did say with today's announcement that they put some work into the screen. It's, it's, um, it's going to be better than the iPad that I have, but it's still, I mean, it's not OLED, neither is the iPad Pro, but it's not, it's not as good of a display as the iPad Pro. It's really a budget option. And it's yeah. still an excellent device, but it's hard to it's hard to exactly figure out who should buy it because the thing with iPads are you don't really need them like everyone has at this point almost everyone has a smartphone and a computer I don't believe that iPads can replace computers so I think you still if you're in school or if you're in a professional life you still probably need a computer so it's like the iPad is sort of a luxury product but you're buying the cheapest, cheapest version of a luxury product, and it has a slower processor. It doesn't work with the new uh, Apple Pencil. Uh, it doesn't have Face ID. It works with the original Apple Pencil, it, but not, yeah, the new. not the new one. It doesn't have Face ID. It has Touch ID. So that's my critique, but I'm sitting here looking at Hal, who has the Pro, and I know you well, love well, your... Well, no. I, first of all, I'm a little confused. Okay. Uh, back, back okay. on the Air and the Pro. I thought there were two Pros. There's there is. There are, you're yeah. At, yeah, good call. So there's an 11-inch Pro and a 12.9-inch oh, Pro. Okay. Right. Yeah, so sorry uh, about that. I, for, okay. I I have the 11-inch Pro, and I always forget that the 12.9-inch Pro yeah, exists. Yeah. And actually, this is a, a couple – this is the second version of mm -hmm. iPad Pro, so it's still 9.7, the, the okay. one that I'm having okay. here. Hal's pointing to an iPad he's looking at oh, yeah, right now. Oh, yeah, you may not be able to see. And, and I actually bought the new iPad Pro – 12 whatever point nine inch yeah 12 point nine and i'm and i'm and i'm selling it on ebay oh <laughs> if anybody out there wants it now <laughs> that's right how come why don't you like it i you know i love this for, this is the right form factor this, okay this, this whether it's 9.7 or 10 or the all the new iPads. it's 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 perfect for an ipad yeah the other one was a little too bulky yeah i couldn't really use it as a laptop and and i didn't need the screen size and so it would just I, I wasn't using it. So if you were, yeah. let's let's <laughs> pretend somebody steals all your iPads, just yeah. to pretend, yeah. and you had to buy yourself a new iPad. I'd, uh, I'd do an iPad Pro 10, whatever it is. You'd do the 11 inch. So you yeah. do like, I the, love the, iPad, you like the Pro, the notch, and the Face ID, and you think it's worth the extra money. You just don't like the really large form factor. Right, right. But I do think the, the, the entry, I don't know if I completely agree with you. And it's interesting because Apple was positioning this, this new iPad, uh, one of the things they said was very interesting is that one of the first slides was comparing it to laptops. Yeah, they always do that. And, and then they were talking about the iPad, you know, the new features and the new iOS uh, mm -hmm. for iPad OS. And so I think there are a number of people that really don't need all the real laptop features that really could do all their computing needs on an iPad and, and especially now that they're the, the new iPad supports the uh, what do you call it the smart cover with the key, key. Uh -huh. and so I, th I think that's a good entry level, level product for students and, and for you know a lot of adults that I know that really don't need um, the kind of desktop power and desktop apps. That you know, you might be right. And I will say I've come around a little bit since using the keyboard on the iPad because it does help a lot. There's a lot of shortcuts you can do. My main complaint with it, though, is that first of all, you don't have a mouse. And second of all, you don't have a true 
desktop experience where you have overlapping windows. Yeah, you know, I completely agree for me. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I returned that 12. Yeah, it drives yeah, me iPad. crazy. But, but, but for, for a lot of people who, don't ha who maybe don't have the sophisticated needs that we might mm -hmm. have, I think it could be a very three mm -hmm. times, and they get into the Apple ec ec ecosystem, or, and and then they have the student version for I think they said two ninety nine if you're in education. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it it could be a good option for a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, you're, I think you're right because I definitely when some when I talk to my friends who aren't passionate about yeah. tech and they're thinking about getting a tablet and they're looking at some of the entry-level Android tablets and they're $200, I have a hard time convincing them to spend $799 or $999 for the latest, greatest iPad. For me, it's just so much better that I have a hard time not doing that. Mm -hmm. But it does, like, I agree there's a place in Apple's lineup for an entry-level tablet because Android has such cheap tablets that still have decent specs. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense as a purchase for kids. If mm -hmm. you don't, because a lot of people are hesitant about buying their kid an iPhone anyway because they don't want them to have a device on them all the time. But this way they can use it for school or they can use it still to text their friends or FaceTime or things like that. But they're not going to be having a phone with them at all times. Yeah. That's an option. Um, but, yeah, I personally, I personally wasn't, like, extremely excited for this iPad uh, I think if I didn't have the iPad from last year, I might be interested in it, though. Um, but you have a lot of buyer's remorse from that iPad, don't I you? I do a little bit. Like, <laughs> I, I still, and some of that is that I don't use iPads in general that much. And mm -hmm. I don't know, even if I had a Pro, if that would change oh, that. Okay. So, but, but originally you were annoyed you didn't get the Pro, and now you're sort of like, maybe you're just not an iPad person. Yeah, that's yeah. more where I'm at. Okay. Yeah. By the way, one feature that I liked also on the new one, on this new entry-level one, is that it support a thumb drive, I guess. With yeah. Um, and so that means you could easily transfer pictures and other kinds of things, which is really a pain otherwise. Yeah, and now it's interesting because the Pro, they added a USB-C uh, plug instead of a lightning plug to support all sorts of different functionality, including that, including having a thumb drive. But this, they, it, they kept it a lightning port, but they made a point of saying that it supports yeah. thumb drives, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. Yeah, yeah it's, it is becoming a complex lineup. Yeah. <laughs> it has Touch ID. We didn't mention that. It's not Face ID. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did. Um, do you want to share the survey results? Oh, yeah, by the way, there's ahead. one other iPad you may have forgotten, the Mini. Oh, the Mini, yeah. I didn't even look up the specs of the Mini. I yeah, forgot yeah. about it. Yeah. So 45% said they would prefer the iPad Pro. 35% have an older iPad and don't want to upgrade at all. 20% have an older device and don't want to upgrade. Wait. Oh. Don't want to upgrade. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I don't know what the bottom stuff is. You yeah. got it. You got it. So we, that means nobody wants to get this <laughs> No, 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 no. 35% have an older, uh, oh, wait, no, I see the problem. Yeah, sorry, I typed this up quickly. We, like we've said a couple times, it's been a long day. Yeah. 25% uh, have an older device and want to upgrade. Uh, oh, the, okay. The, the thing that was missing was there was almost nobody who had never bought an iPad and saw this and thought, I want to buy that. Mm. Um, now, part of that, I think, is skewed by our audience because we're an audience of enthusiasts, and I think 84% of you all have an iPad. So that skews the data. We're not like your standard consumer where people who tend to love our Apple devices, not surprisingly. Um, but yeah, so most people either uh, prefer the Pro 
or they have an older iPad of some kind and are not interested in the 329 version, which makes sense. It's sort of, it's hard, you'd have to have a really old iPad to say I need to upgrade to the 329 version. Yeah, it's true. Okay, should we get into the iPhones? That's yeah. Like that's really... The, oh, the watch was skipped. Oh, oh, the Apple, Apple Watch. Watch. Yes, we should talk about the Apple Watch as well. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> glad you brought it up. We'll, we'll get to the iPhones. <laughs> So uh, Apple did release a Series 5 Apple Watch, and uh, one of the, the features that I'm most excited about with this is that it has an always-on display, and that just means that right now when you turn your wrist away from you, your screen goes dark to conserve battery, but they've man found a way with a combination of software and hardware to have your display always on without lowering the battery life at all right now it's 18 hours mm -hmm. uh that so you can get through one day with your apple watch if you're lucky and you don't work out too much um but so that that to me was the most exciting feature of the new apple watch it does not have uh sleep tracking that was one of the features we were expecting and yeah, hoping for it's true no sleep tracking uh, there was some wild rumor that we had in a rumor post that was hoping for a camera in the Apple Watch. We did not see that either. Hoping's a weird <laughs> word. I always thought a camera in an Apple Watch seemed weird. Yeah, that's true. That it would be a bit... The other, the, other, the other feature was a compass. There's a compass, which seems, okay, that at first yeah. seemed so dumb to me. And then I thought about it a little longer. And why it's useful is for navigation. You can use your, because that will orient you and tell you which way you're facing when you're navigating on your Apple Watch. And how do you have an Apple Watch, by oh, the way? Here it is. Oh, there you here go. Here's Mickey. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so for me, I actually love navigating on my Apple Watch. It's when I'm, when I'm walking, not when I'm driving. But when I'm walking and I'm navigating on my Apple Watch, I love it because you don't have to have your phone out in front of your face and it'll just tap you on the wrist when it's time to turn. But it is annoying when I get going and I'm trying to figure out where to go. I have to have my phone out so I can figure out which direction I'm, I'm facing. Uh, so having a compass here, while I will almost never use a compass like just for compass functionality, it really helps for navigating. Yeah, was there anything else new with the Apple Watch? I mean, the main things I'm thinking well, the of. Well, the other thing was just they made a big deal of the fashion, and the, yes. then you could get like a thousand combinations of, of yeah. faces and. Oh, yeah, they have and ceramic. Uh huh. And, yeah. Ceramic and titanium are two finishes that yeah. that the Series Four did not have. Yeah, ceramic was yeah. ceramic they've had for past models. Titanium is a new thing entirely. Um, but yeah, I mean those are going to be more expensive Apple watches. I've always gotten the sports baseline one. Yeah, personally. do any of you have any interest in any of the more expensive finishes? No. To me, it's so dumb. Like yeah. <laughs> I feel like you cannot. I'm sorry, people, but you cannot make an Apple Watch look stylish. So why spend all the money? Just accept that it's a pretty nice looking electronic device as opposed to a stylish watch. Yes. And go with the cheaper one. Uh, I did, I'm having trouble with my notes. Uh, I did write I down the prices. Are they there? I don't know, they got all messed up. No, it's 399 was the uh, entry level and then there's Series 3 you could buy for 199. Okay, 399, oh, 199 for the Series 3. I, so it's the same entry level price as yeah. past years. Yeah. I, I was really disappointed because I was, I missed the four, I bought the three. Okay. And the four had some health features. 
Yeah. And then so I was hoping that they'd have more health features, and but there was no. I think I'm I'm going to wait for another year. The four was a in Apple's defense, the four was a pretty substantial upgrade. It was thinner, larger screen, uh, and it had a lot of great health features. So it makes sense that this year was not that big of a difference. I also am excited about the uh, the always-on display because when I look at my watch, it sometimes it won't turn on right away, uh, which mm. is really annoying. Um, and so having the always-on seems nice to me. But I agree. Other than that, the only other thing we missed was they have – it's like – I don't even know. It's like a sound sensor. It notifies you if it's too loud around you, which seems weird. It's like, I know when it's loud around me, Apple. <laughs> I know. I... Yeah, and they talked about some research, which I like. Yeah. yeah. You know, the fact they're doing using data that people can volunteer. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like that a lot. I, I'll tell you one thing I didn't like. They, they, they start, just the way they presented it. Because the first little preview of it was all about how, I know this may sound weird, especially as an old guy, but <laughs> about how how the iWatch saved their li- people's yeah. lives. Yeah. I mean, it was so fear-based, the whole, uh-huh. the whole thing. You got to get an iWatch, uh, uh, you know, and it'll save your life, which is, was sort of the message. And you need one. And I, I just don't like that kind of marketing. In a way, I think it's, it's a, they could say the same thing and not have it the way they presented it. Uh, so I, I was a little bit taken. I just, it didn't seem as what I would like in terms of Apple and my ideal of Apple. I, I half agree with you. I mean, it is like, I can't appreciate that if you're Apple, you're like, normally you make tech devices that are pretty high end and expensive. And here you're like, we made a device that saves people's lives. I understand yeah. the like desire to tell people about it. And like, there are a lot of people who really va- benefit from those. Yeah, heart rate and I, features. I would be one of those people. Yeah. But, but just the way it was presented, it was it wasn't. I said it probably nicer than they did in terms of save people lives. Uh-huh. It just it just sort of put the fear of God in you to to buy one of these things, and 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 so that's you know they have these stories about how it saved their lives and, and or their heartbeat was way up and mm-hmm. all that, and you know I, I see that and it is a very wonderful thing. But just a little bit of an angle, you know, because when you market something, you can market either aspirational or you can market it fear-based. And I just didn't like the fear-based kind of way. And where I agree with you, too, is I do feel like they're struggling to find the value proposition and define it clearly. Like, the reasons why I love my Apple Watch have, and again, maybe this is because I'm a younger person, are not the health-related features so much. I like the fitness tracking, and I love the fact that it allows me to keep my phone in my pocket more, and I can access quick interactions with notifications just by looking at my wrist. Uh, and it's one of those things where when you have it, the people who I know have Apple Watches, for the most part, love them. And then the people who don't, don't understand why you would need one. And I think Apple isn't doing a great job clearly articulating that. And most people I know who buy Apple Watches, except for like people who are, have very specific health conditions or monitoring, are doing it largely because it's a tech device, not a health device. Yeah, I also, like last year with the Series 4, they came out with a feature that's really cool that will allow you to um, put your finger on your digital crown and it will measure your heart rate and tell you whether you have an irregular heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just like, I'm, it made me really want my parents to have them and my grandma to have one. It also sort of caught my attention and made me want to get one. But I do think that it's not, like I've, I've never used that feature 
uh, or I tried it out when it first came out yeah, just yeah, to yeah. see what it was like. And I think that a lot of people fall into that category, like you're saying. It's not really as much of an everyday type thing unless you have a heart condition you're concerned about. Well, I think it's, a, it's an age thing. I mean, or an that, age thing. I yeah. Mean, having said all that I said, <laughs> that was effective marketing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I think, well, why wouldn't I want that to, to warn me, you know? Where yeah. you guys don't think of your mortality as much as I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think about it. But... <laughs> it's a different way of thinking. Yeah, trust yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No, I believe you. But I... can I tell you guys what my favorite Apple Watch feature is? Sure. It's going to sound so dumb. But it's the fact that I can ping my iPhone so that if I lose my iPhone, I use, I use my Apple time. Watch to find my iPhone. It's not like I buy an Apple Watch explicitly for that, but those little tiny Apple Watch features are what make the Apple Watch great. I have never once in a single Apple announcement heard Apple talk about that feature. Mm. You know, they don't talk about the little ways that, that yeah. the I, Apple Watch makes your life better. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, I... One the other thing to mention, I don't think we did with the iPad, is that you can pre-order both the Apple Watch and the iPad starting Friday. Okay, yes. And then they start shipping September 30th. Yes. So I think that's pretty much it for the Apple Watch. Like, there wasn't a whole lot different. The form factor is the same. They have, you know, like we said, titanium and ceramic if you want to spend a bunch of money on an Apple Watch. <laughs> one, thing I will, one thing I will mention is that th we did get the release dates for not just iOS 13, but iPad OS, which is the new operating system just for iPad, mm -hmm. and that comes out on the 30th. Um, oh, wasn't it the 19th? No. I, I, I'm pretty sure Sarah said that iOS 13 comes out on the 19th, okay, but yeah. iPad OS comes out on the 30th, which is funny because mm. it, it's actually perfect but one extra plug for our class because the last lesson of our iOS 13 course will be the uh, iPad OS. Well, <laughs> cool. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's talk about the new iPhones. Uh, Apple came out with the iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, and iPhone 11 Pro Max. And <laughs> the first thing we want to talk about this with this is the names. Yes. We've been speculating about this for a while. And it's a bit Apple's been in a bit of an odd situation ever since they came out with the iPhone X. Apple was celebrating its 10th anniversary of the iPhone, so that's why they skipped They skipped straight from the iPhone 8 to the iPhone 10. So there never was an iPhone 9. Yeah, we were and commenting we were, on that. After that, so last year we were really wondering, like, what, where was Apple going to go from there? But um, Well, and then the iPhone 10, of course, was a Roman numeral 10, so yeah. everybody just called the iPhone X. And now Apple with the 11 went back, like there is no numeral, Roman numeral Thank there. It's just goodness. 11. So I think my, my short analysis on this is that I think Apple got it right this time, but there's still so much confusion because they'd messed it up so badly before. Uh, because I think what they did well in... No, they did well in a couple ways. First of all, so just to explain real quick, we have the iPhone 11, which is the natural successor of the iPhone 10R. It's the <laughs> cheapest model of the iPhone. It's very comparable features to the iPhone 10R. Then they have the iPhone 11 Pro, which would have been the iPhone 11S. Uh, it's the kind of natural successor. And then they have the iPhone 11 Pro Max, which is the iPhone 10s Max. So what's what I like about it? In a, that just made it so clear, David. Okay, I know, right? So like, wait, what? everybody gets it now. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's nice about it, and I think moving forward we will be less confused because. <laughs> 
if you walked up to somebody who had never heard of Apple and you said, I have an iPhone XR and iPhone XS, which one do you want? Which one's better? <laughs> no one will know. They're yeah. just random numbers and they literally don't even stand for anything. Yeah, I have two friends with iPhone XR that they just have no idea like what they're, like, they don't know what <laughs> yeah. phone they have. They're like, I think it's one of the 10 ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you walked up to somebody and you said, I have an iPhone 11 and I have an iPhone 11 Pro, which one do you want? You don't have to have heard of an iPhone to know that the iPhone 11 Pro is better. Yeah. The Pro is is a self-explanatory word, whereas the R and the S are not at all explanatory. <laughs> I agree. And then the Max, we've had around for a while, so we're used to that, of that just being the bigger one. Yeah. And so I think, and we have a coherent, somewhat coherent naming structure now between the Mac, the iPad, and the iPhone, because we have the iPad Pro and the iPad, and then we have the MacBook Mac, but anyway, it gets Basically, confusing. Basically, like, the Pro line is now consistent across yeah. Macs, iPads, and the iPhone. Now. I will say, as long as we're critiquing names of Apple, the Air throws a wrench in the works for iPad <laughs> and MacBook. And in particular for MacBook, I think they've changed now. But for a while, they had a MacBook, a MacBook Air, and a MacBook Pro. But the MacBook was thinner and lighter than the MacBook Air. <laughs> yeah, it made no sense. Okay. That's all I've said okay. naming. Do you guys have anything else to say on naming before we move on? No. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing that surprised me is I thought at first that the iPhone 11, based on rumors, was going to be the successor to the iPhone XS. So that was going to be like the nice phone that wasn't huge. Yeah. Uh, so I got confused when they first started releasing, fe talking about the features. I was like, oh, this is their budget phone. Yeah. Because um, it didn't have the OLED display and all that. So I'm a little... I mean, I guess it. I guess overall, I think it's a good thing, though. Just whatever is like their baseline model isn't going to have extra things tacked onto the name. So, like, a, presumably, it would be like the iPhone 12 next. Yeah. I don't know. The other downside, yeah, that's the other thing. Will they add an S? Will it be an S Pro? The other downside of using the word Pro for the for the MacBook and the iPad lines, the word Pro actually means for professionals usually. <laughs> And poor so Phil Schiller had to yeah. get up there and explain that, well, we're calling it pro, but actually you don't need to be a pro to use it. Yeah, like, for would-be pros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, it's like anybody who wants to spend more on an iPhone, this is the phone for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't – I mean the one thing I will say is I kind of hope Apple drops its S updates because I think that just – especially now that they have pro and max in the mix, mm -hmm. it gets really wordy. Usually Apple in the past has done like a new number and then the year in between they would do an S version where they wouldn't change the look of the iPhone very much, but they would upgrade the processor and a few other things. Yeah. So it would be, you know, like we've had in the past iPhone 7, 7S and then the iPhone 8. So I hope that they just drop that and that they just do, do iPhone too. 11 and next year the iPhone 12. I do too. The otherwise it just gets people. too much of a mouthful. Yeah, I agree. And, um, and especially as the phones mature, yeah. the changes are kind of incremental each year. They don't have large changes anymore. So what's with the iPhone 11? And what's, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, <laughs> enough with so the names. So I'm going to give you a quick overview of the different features of the iPhone 11 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max, and then let's all weigh in on what devices, yes. like what we think of them. So the iPhone 11, it starts at 699. It has a dual camera, so that includes a, an ultra-wide camera and a wide-angle camera. 
Um, it has a 6.1 inch display, so that's the same display size as the 10R. So it's a little bit bigger than the iPhone 10 and 10S, which is a 5.6 inch display, I want to say, something like that. Mm -hmm. It has an LCD display, so it doesn't have the really, really nice high end display that you're used to if you have the 10 or 10S, um, even though they're saying it's some special retina version, but it's still not as good. Yeah. And its battery life is an hour longer than the 10R. So you get a really nice camera with this. You get a lot of the features that the camera features that you would with the Pro and Pro Max minus a couple things. Um, but I'd say like the biggest things that you're losing are the OLED display and you don't get a triple camera, which the other one has. Um, the iPhone 11 also has the A13 Bionic chip. Um, so that's a rundown of the iPhone 11. Now, the iPhone 11 Pro and Pro Max, the difference really is that it has the OLED display and it's an improved one from the 10s before it's going to be brighter and more efficient than the 10s display was. It uh, has a triple camera, so it has the ultra-wide angle camera, the telephoto camera, that's the one that does the portrait mode and also does a special optical zoom, two-time optical zoom, and then the wide camera, which is just the regular camera. Um, and they both have the A13 chip. They, the Pro and Pro Max have like this nice matte glass back finish, and it's tougher glass that apparently, as Hal said, you can drop it and it'll be okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe I do not recommend that. if you splurge on this $1,000 phone <laughs> that you try dropping it to see what happens. By the way, they said um, the same thing about the 11, too, that you could oh, drop it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're all droppable. Yeah. <laughs> they're all droppable, yeah. <laughs> so the 11 Pro starts at $999, or let's just call it what it is, $1,000. Pro Max is t starts at $1,099. Um, as with the Apple Watch and the iPad you can pre-order starting this Friday that's September 13th and it ships this one ships September 20th which is different than the other ones so that's good to know uh first of all in terms of pre-order they switched it to 5 a.m pacific standard time which I'm really excited about because at 7 a.m central time where we're at so yeah like we wake up at a pretty up. normal time <laughs> yeah which is awesome uh so okay let's break down these cameras Real quick. Yeah. One more time because they're super confusing. And I think to confuse you all even more, I'm going to talk about the 10R for a second and the, and the 10S. You know, one thing, mm -hmm. uh, there are some other features that, that I that actually, they sort of went through real quickly but were really important to okay. me. Okay. Let's hear those before I break down the cameras. Yeah, because, and, and they seem to be across both machines. Okay. So, I mean, so the Pros and the 11. So, the, you know, the, first of all, the droppable, which I mm -hmm. like. Um, the, the fact that it's more water resistant, more dust resistant, um, more, well, the, you, you mentioned the one-hour battery uh, improvement. In the mm -hmm. Pro, they said something like four- and five-hour battery improvement. Oh, yeah. So the, I didn't mention that. That's true. Yeah. Like yeah. It's only a one-hour improvement in the 11, and it's a four- to five-hour yeah. improvement. And then the other thing I like is they said faster face ID with more angles for both of oh, them. Oh, yeah. And, and to me, that's – I mean, so it's a funny for me. It's those little things that are really important to me. Yeah, and I completely agree. I think in general when what commentators talk about for the new phones are like the crazy new features Apple came up with, but in what people appreciate about the new phones when to, once they're using them are all these little details. The faster processor is going to make a big difference. Yeah. The better battery is going to make a big difference. 
I actually had missed the uh, wider angles for the face ID, and that's, I think, really exciting. Yeah, and so there's some other things even. They had, let's see, um, a better video stabilizer when you're taking videos okay. on all of them. They have something called Quick Take, which is basically you, you're taking a photo and you can tap it, and all of a sudden it goes into video mode, uh, mm. they talked about. And... Um, Oh, let's see, uh, selfies in terms of this, well, you'll probably talk about yeah, the wide yeah, yeah. video, so you'll talk about that. And I guess that's, uh, that, that's it for uh, things that were, that struck me as that's yeah. what I want, even though they just went by it so quickly. And when we're comparing and contrasting, one of the things, important things that you're going to have to think about is how much do I care about a camera. And it is nice to think about these other factors as well, because like you said, I think that the longer battery life and the faster processor is going to really serve you well if you're sitting here thinking about whether or not to buy a new phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's break down these cameras really quickly. I'm going to start with talking about last year's phones. So on the 10R, there was one camera, uh, and that was just the standard wide-angle lens camera. And then on the 10S, there was two cameras. The uh, telephoto, which is a two times optical zoom, and then the standard wide angle. That's what we had last year. Can I just ask yeah. a question? What about the selfies? Is that another camera? Or the selfie, the front facing camera we had last year as well, and yeah. we have this year. What they added this year is, I'm trying not slow to roll fees. my eyes mm -hmm. when I say this, slow fees, which is slow motion on the front facing camera. I can't not roll my eyes. Seems that seems like the motion, most useless like feature I've ever video heard. Video selfies, <laughs> like with your hair blowing in the wind. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So this year we have the iPhone 11, which is, again, the successor to the iPhone 10R. And this phone has two cameras. So the 10R had one camera, which was the wide angle. This phone has the wide angle, but they added the super wide angle uh, to it. And then we have the... 11 Pro and Pro Max, if you remember the iPhone 11S had the two cameras. It had the wide angle and the tele telephoto, am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. uh, so this has both of those, has the telephoto and the wide angle, and they added the super wide. So we have three cameras where there used to be two, and then we have two cameras where there used to be one. Where it's confusing, why I got so confused, is the iPhone 11, when I saw the two cameras, I automatically assumed it was gonna be a telephoto, mm -hmm. because I'm so used to seeing a phone with two cameras that has a telephoto. Mm -hmm. But there is no telephoto for the iPhone 11. 11 yeah. And um, again, telephoto is two is It's two a two-time optical zoom. And okay. so what makes that so valuable is two things. First of all, you can zoom in without degrading the image quality. So if, if you do a digital zoom, what basically what you're doing is you're degrading the image quality when you do that. If you zoom in with the telephoto, you're actually zooming in, uh, like you're using a more zoom on the camera, and so you have the same quality of photo. The second up thing, to two times. Up to two times, thank you. The second thing, though, is that you can still have portrait mode. And portrait mode is one of my favorite features. I use it so much, and I love it. Uh, and portrait so mode, for those of you who don't know, it blurs the background and keeps the foreground in focus, or yeah. your subject in focus. And I think that the 10R and consequently the 11 has does it with like a software do you know this 
This, it, it seemed that, yes, it, it did it with the software, but I'm not totally clear on that. They had a cute photo of a dog that with seemed a blurred, a blurred background, background yeah. and that was on the 11. So you can do it, but it's not as good because you're doing it just with software as opposed to lenses. actually having the lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that defines the cameras. And I think that gets all three of the phones. We have the differences. So, yeah, the big, like, with the iPhone 11 Pro line, you get that extra zoom and you get the better portrait mode. But they brought a lot of cool new camera features to both. Yes. Um, Hal mentioned some of them, but I wanted to, to mention a couple others. Night mode is one that we've oh, been yeah. waiting for for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that is a low-light situation. Uh, feature that helps brighten up low light photos, which has been a big weakness in Apple's camera app for a long time. We brought this up in our rumor post. We're really hoping for this. Google Google Pixel phones have a feature called Night Sight. Um, And Night Sight, like we've seen demo videos of it, and it was amazing what they could do with some of these photos that would just be really dim and a little blurry looking and how they looked you know like really high quality photos mm-hmm. so i'm really excited to be able to compare these yeah, once the, once we get hands-on too. with these devices how it compares to google's night site and in particular how night site works and google's version of it works the same way is it uses what's called computational photography computational photography is a really interesting new field that uses artificial intelligence or AI to improve photo quality. And so rather than using a flash, which can really affect the quality of the photo in a number of negative ways, you take a photo in low light and then basically you have artificial intelligence look at that and say, what would this look like if I added more light? And it does it in a way that, I mean, it feels like magic. Like when you see these photos from Google Pixel, it feels like it just magically makes your photos look like you're not in low light anymore. You know, one yeah. thing that's interesting, it's, it's almost too bad we can't combine the best of Google and Apple because what Apple kept hammering was their A13 uh, yeah. chip was so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah. And so that gives faster processing for their AI and their machine learning, mm-hmm. which both for understanding Siri and the image processing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Google is, seems to be several years ahead in terms of the actual algor- algorithms and uh, um, their capacity, of their ability to do AI. I'm excited to compare because my up until this year, yeah. I would have agreed with you, and I think you're still likely right, but I'm hoping that Apple caught up. Yeah, and they we'll came out with one other feature that's a computational photography feature. Do you guys remember what it was called? I forgot to write it down. It had some weird name. It was called oh, like, um, I did write it down. It was Deep something. Um, <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep on calling uh, it Deep, deep focus. Fusion. Okay. Oh, yeah, deep deep fusion. fusion. Oh, I was really excited about this. Yeah. yeah. And basically, he called it computational photography for mad scientists or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And basically, how it works is the same thing as low light, except for it just does it on a pixel by pixel basis. And it takes, I think, what, nine, nine photos, photos yeah. at the same time and then uses oh, yeah. artificial intelligence to blend all nine photos and get on a pixel by pixel basis the ones that have the highest quality. Now, I don't know enough about our <laughs> about artificial intelligence to exactly understand the details of it, but it sounded really exciting. Well, but yeah. did you understand that he? They said the first eight were done before the fo- you snap the shutter. Yeah. So basic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is wild. something that Apple's been doing for a yeah. while, or has been building towards for a while. Yeah. iOS 13 in general, when you take a photo, 
it takes it almost instantly. And the reason why is when you have the photo app up, it's constantly processing Whoa. in the background and taking photos. So when you push the shutter, it's already prepared to take that photo ahead Whoa. of time. So that's kind of something they've been working towards with iOS 13 anyway. I see. Another feature I really wanted to mention is the ultra wide angle photos you can take now. The iPhone 11 and the Pro and Pro Max all now have the ultra-wide angle lens that David mentioned, and that allows you to, when you're taking photos, like there's a little swipe, uh, little toggle that you can get to go into ultra-wide uh, view, and it's something that you can see with like a little bit of opacity on either side, that angle you would be getting with your photo if you go into that mode. Otherwise, you can stay in just the regular wide angle mode. And that's really cool, both for landscape photography. We have uh, our video producer, Rayanne, was saying that it's really great. She's been wanting something like this for a long time because you can't really fit as much of a landscape in as you mm -hmm. would want with a regular camera. And they also showed a really cool video feature yeah, with this. Like you could yeah. switch back and forth between wide and ultra wide as you're taking a video, which makes it look like a cool editing effect too mm -hmm. of um, moving in and out. Um, and yeah, anything else to add about ultra wide? I thought that that, that was no, I, seemed that, that like pretty was a very big. Feature, yeah. I think the video is a nice thing to add. That you can use ultra wide. They also made it so that you can do edits of videos in the camera app. So you can actually like adjust the colors and the saturation and that sort of thing for video. Mm -hmm. Which is one of those features that once they announced that you could do it, it instantly made me angry that I haven't been able to do it all this yeah. time. Because there's so many times you take a great video and it's just a little bit low light, and you're just like, well. Too bad the video is ruined. And now I'm like, wait, I should be able to adjust it just like a photo. I mean, that's how I felt about Slofies, too. I'm like, why haven't I had yeah, this for all these where years? Where have Sophies <laughs> been my whole life? <laughs> so, yeah, with the front-facing camera, it's still 7 megapixel, which is what the front-facing camera has been for a while. But they made, I think the, like, flash was better with it. And then you can do these slow-motion selfies. Yes. Yeah. Again, I'm not excited about, but... Yeah. Maybe some people are. <laughs> so that's pretty much the the breakdown of the camera differences, which is, you know, I think is the biggest change with that new iPhones. Um, probably we should talk a little bit about the A13 Bionic chip mm -hmm. and what the, what, like how that's significant. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is rumors that we didn't get is reverse wireless charging. That was one of the big rumors. We thought you would be able to charge other iPhones or AirPods off of your new iPhone. <laughs> That's not a thing that yeah. is happening. Oh, with the Pro and Pro Max, this is something I am excited about. They ship with fast charging. Oh, yes. Um, so that means instead of with a lightning to USB cable, it's a lightning to USB-C cable and USB-C wall adapter. And that allows you to charge your iPhone in an, like about a half hour. Yeah. And that's awesome. And the other... Phone, the iPhone XS had rapid charge, but you had to separately buy the cable and the wall adapter, where which most people either didn't know or didn't bother to do. Yeah, only recently at iPhone Life have we started using yeah. like third-party rapid charging equipment. Yeah, and so now it ships Cables. with it. And so that means that m almost everybody will have the luxury of rapid charge, and mm -hmm. it really makes a difference, it's let crazy. me tell you. Yeah. When, like. There's so much, it takes so much of the stress of like managing your battery away when you can recharge your phone in half mm. an hour. So what was your over takeaway, your overall takeaway from the new iPhones, Hal? Well, I'll tell you, there was one other announcement <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping that somehow I can take advantage of okay. it. Okay. And that was, they were, it had a very brief thing about Apple retail. 
and yeah. they have the trade-in program. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And will they take in my trade-in 10x, <laughs> 10x max with the, with the um, cracked screen? Uh... <laughs> and if they did, I would, I would upgrade. Other, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I'll wait for the next generation, I think. So you, weren't, you have the 10s max, yeah. and you were not moved to buy a new... Phone. You know, I would like it, you know, but I don't you know were if moved, I want to spend... just not that much. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, not you know, $1,100 yeah. or more worth. I, um, I don't know what I can get for my crack screen. Yeah, yeah, can, yeah. So it depends on how much they will give me for that. And so if they give me enough for that, um, then I would do it. Well, here's another question. Are you generally someone who upgrades every year? No, I usually every other year guy. Okay, so that's actually showing a decent amount of interest, yeah. I'd say, if it's not your usual to upgrade yeah. every year. Yeah. I know we talked about all of these other features. I guess my question to you guys is how much does the camera impact your purchase decision? I mean, I, all, they're just all of them. You know, I mm-hmm. like that camera was certainly part of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it seemed to me, I, I mean, I'm not a, like, I know you're more of a camera buff than I am. Uh, yeah, but but I mean I like just to taking camp shots. I don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. I just want to take good shots, and and so it seems like more options are available mm-hmm. uh, that are fairly simple to use. And so yeah, that'd be nice. But I also want the the, the iPhone that drops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't break. You really latch that, on to that. That's a big one for me. <laughs> like and, I, and a bunch of other longer battery life. Who doesn't want that? You know? Yeah. As far as the camera goes, I think the 11 would be just fine for me because I'm most excited about night mode and the ultra wide angle, which you get with both phones. But with iPhone 11, getting a phone without the OLED display and without the extra like four to five hours of battery, missing out on those features is a bummer to me. And I also like the finish on the iPhone 11 Pro a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like I think the matte glass back is a really nice look. They had a midnight green one. Yeah, they have a new really color. Has, we really didn't mention Yeah. Uh, the iPhone 11 comes a little more in the like bright rainbowy color spectrum, which doesn't appeal to me. Um, so I think like I want the 11 Pro. That's that's where I'm at with it. But it's not just because of the camera. It's actually more because of there's all the extra premium features that you get with the Pro line. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I mean, first of all, like Hal alluded to, the camera makes a big difference to me, especially now as my nephews are getting older and I see them more and I have a stepson. Like, t- being able to take photos is really important to me. Um, and so that alone is worth it for me to have a nicer, higher quality camera. Uh, I use portrait mode a lot, like I said. Um, and so that alone is worth it to me. Like, like we said, I skipped the last generation. And so my phone feels like it's kind of nearing the end of its, like, productive life. Uh, it's past its glory it's days. It's past its glory days. And I'm obviously really picky because I'm a power user. I do this professionally. But, like, it feels like it's time to upgrade. Um, between – if I'm choosing between the uh, 11 and, and 11 Pro – yeah, I'm already stumbling over mm-hmm. these differences. I agree with you, Donna. It's, like, a no-brainer to me. The OLED display – is so, so nice. nice and it makes such a difference to me the camera is particularly important to me but i think even outside of that the oled display is really nice for me i think that's like that's pretty much our breakdown of mm-hmm. all <laughs> you guys have stuck with us for a long time thank you uh, i just want to plug one more time our ios 13 class the new operating system for your iphones coming out september 19th 
you don't want to be left behind or be confused. So try our iOS 13 class. It's iphonelife.com slash iOS 13 class. David and I will be teaching it so you can hang out with we'll us. see you there. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks for the next episode of the iPhone Life podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much, Hal, for joining no, us. It's fun. It was fun. Yeah. And if you're an insider, stick around. We'll have some bonus content for you. <laughs>